Welcome back to Using Your Teacher Voice, Episode 4. Uh, today, talking a little bit about uh, some things that my um, my co-teacher and I, my special ed co-teacher and I have been going through as we've been trying to move to standards-based grading. Uh, over the past, uh, I mean, we might have actually started talking about this like six, seven years ago, I feel like. Um, you know, just trying to talk about, you know, matching up some of the standards uh, skills to what our students are doing and, and tracking it in that way. But really last year, um, my co-teacher and I, we really started talking about how we could start moving to standards-based grading. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, it isn't really a thing in our district right now. Um, there are some hurdles in that, uh, especially like the online gradebook isn't set up to do that. But as we started really like, what can we do? How can we do this? How can we start to uh, merge that and what we are doing together? Uh, we really started having a lot of conversations between ourselves with other people, doing some investigation. Uh, and we really kind of fell onto like three broad areas of things that we needed to figure out before we could really do this. Um, the first kind of question that we had to address was really kind of an obvious one. It's why. Why did we want to do standards-based grading? Now, I think that's, you know, first off, it's kind of obvious, like, right, you know, that's just kind of how things are moving now, right? That's kind of the the new standard, if you will. Uh, see what I did there? Uh, kind of the new way of things, right? Like, that's just the way things are moving to it. And that makes total sense to us. But, you know, it really started, when we started looking at that, there was more to it than just that. Because we were like, okay, we do all these standards, we do all these things, but we didn't have an easy way to track that. Like if you came in and said, hey, how is student X doing on RL 2.1, there was no way for us to really quickly and easily say. Now we could pull that assignment, we could pull that assessment, we could pull those whatevers and look at question one and question seven and question nine and tell you but it was a process. It wasn't anything that was quick and easy to do. And so that, that was kind of one of the first places that we started. Like, we need to do this because it not only helps the student see where they're at, see their progress, um, but it also allows all the stakeholders to say, okay, here is the progress we are and are not making. Within that same idea of the stakeholders, uh, when we started doing some things last year to mark our grades, um, in a more standards-based way, or at least tracking information by standard. Uh, we started to get, you know, comments from other special ed teachers, uh, like, that is great, that's awesome, this is, this, is a, this is a great thing for you to be doing. Um, at, at, with their students, with their IEPs, they all have, like, you know, specific, you know, areas that they're focusing on, right? Um, they're working on, you know, fluency, or they're working on, um, you know, word choice or uh, writing skills or whatever the standard might be that they're trying to do. That's written to the IEP. So when, you know, uh, teachers of records, uh, parents, advocates are looking at the IEP and then looking at the gradebook, in a lot of cases, it wasn't easy to see that progress. Uh, the, some of the things that we started doing last year started to, at least in our you know, school started to make it a little easier to see. And so I think that's, you know, that's important that, you know, students, you know, it is a way for students to see their progress, but there are a lot of other people other than students that need to see that. I think also too, talking about, you know, progress like that, it is a great place to show or to start reflecting on uh, how we as teachers are doing. So when, um, 
you look at some standards-based data and you look at the grade book and you see, okay, here's a student, here's a student, here's a third student that isn't getting it. You know, they need some remediation in this. They need some additional attention in this. Okay. So, you know, that kind of gives you that moment to say, okay, here's some people that need some help. But if you look at the data, you look at the grades and you see wide swaths of the class that is not getting it, that is not progressing, that is not meeting those standards, then that might be that, you know, we're not teaching it well. We're not, you know, is there something that we could be doing better to get that information across? Uh, I think that's kind of important, you know, because part of the, you know, part of the teaching process is that kind of constant improvement, constant checking, constant looking back and saying, here's where, you know, things are working. Here's what is working. Here's why it's working. And here's what isn't working and why it isn't. What can we do to adjust that to help that become better? And so, you know, we think about, you know, we ask our students to reflect on their work. We should be as well. Now, I do know that some people who aren't necessarily into the standards-based grading uh, model, uh, they might see this as a reason why they don't want it, uh, that somebody's coming along and evaluating them as a teacher instead of like the student. Um, I get that. I, I don't think that's the purpose of it. But I do believe that, you know, this is a way that, that, that students can benefit not just for themselves, but because teachers are able to, you know, kind of take a look at themselves and see how they're doing. So I think the the question of why was a fairly easy one to answer for us. Uh, I think the second question then that we had to address, and the one that uh, it's still in progress, but uh, we're making we're making some uh, we're making some strides in this. But uh, is what does this look like in our classroom? Like, what does it look like on a day to day basis in our English class? Uh, that's a real big challenge for us because standards-based grading is a real shift in how things are done, right? I mean, before you taught Midsummer Night's Dream, you taught Night, you taught whatever novel or book that you taught, right? Or a set of short stories or whatever it might have been. Well, Shakespeare did not write Midsummer Night's Dream to fit the Indiana standards in the second unit of the first semester. You know, it was not written that way. And so a lot of times when you take a work and then you're like, oh, okay, I have to do these standards, it doesn't always fit. Like it's awkward or it doesn't work or, you know, all of a sudden you have to like stop and, and transition over to this piece over here and then come back. Or even, you know, in worst case scenario, you just don't do it, right? My, my co-teacher and I really started to work on and think about and talk about how does this really look in our class? Um, another challenge that we faced with that idea is that, you know, like in all subjects, many standards build on previous standards. Or that you might assess, you know, one activity might actually hit several different standards. Uh, for instance, if we gave a student, if we gave our classes something to read, um, say a, a little two-page short story, and then we asked him 10 questions on, on it afterwards. We could be asking questions about tone. Maybe it's about author's purpose. Maybe it's some vocabulary. It could be citing evidence. Um, there could be a, a written response in which they're writing a narrative or maybe a they're using it as a prompt to write a persuasive piece. Uh, there's all these different standards that might come from one activity. And so then we really struggled with, okay, does that mean then that we take this one assignment and we give those 
10 questions that we would give and then record all of them separately or question one goes to this standard question two goes to that standard and four and eight go to that standard and then do we start having all these different assignments in our grade book um, that was a real challenge for us because you know it is again a shift in the way things are done uh, we did start talking to some um, we did start talking to some math teachers we knew some math teachers that were kind of moving this general direction and we were looking at how they did it and they would do one standard at a time for instance maybe the first standard was orders of operation uh, and then the next standard was um, solving equations right so you know they would do these assessments on orders of operation and then they would shift gears and go to solving equations and they would only measure that now of course the assumption is that you have to have you have to understand how did the orders of operations work in order to solve the equation that you would have to put the two of those together but they were only measuring your ability to do one standard at a time we were not opposed to that, and, and we started doing some of that. We are doing some of that where we give, you know, short, assi- uh, short assessments based on one standard or one little piece. Uh, we felt like that was a good place to start. Um, and, and to continue doing that, you know, here's an assignment, and it has three standards and recording it three different ways. Uh, but this idea that, you know, one of the struggles we faced, were, faced there was that, you know, in English, like many other topics, you know, maybe it isn't a building on of standards, but it's looking at multiple things at the same time. You know, uh, author's purpose and tone might go together, um, but vocabulary might be something totally different, right? Might be like, you know, using a word in context. So, you know, again, it's still something we're working on, but we do know that we do know that if we start to look at the standard and, and create those questions based on the standard, then we have a better uh, path to start recording that data. Our link, our last question, this is the one that's more difficult, the most difficult, and the one that we still really struggle with is what does that number really mean? Like when we get a grade, a standards-based grade, <clears throat> and we translate it into that, you know, that kind of traditional one, two, three, four score. What does that number really mean? Um, so when we started looking at this, our assumption was that in a school that has three basic tracks of students, you have your honors level, you have your regular track, and then you have uh, like the classes that we have where the students come in with a lot of needs and a lot of accommodations, that on a traditional one, two, three, four scale, it would make sense, it would be expected that the honors kids would be in that three to four range. They were meeting the standard three or exceeding the standard, applying it to new things on a four. The regular track students would be somewhere in that two to three range. Like they were getting there or they started to show mastery of that skill. Those students that came in without a lot of skill development already and that needed a lot of support and needed a lot of accommodations, they would be coming in on that one and two level. I mean, obviously working them up to a three, but they're going to be traditionally, you know, they're going to reside traditionally in that one and two range. So the question that we started to bat around is, is that fair to our students? 
because in a standards-based model, a one does not show mastery without, or, you know, cannot accomplish skill without help, or a two starting to show some ability to do the skill. That would traditionally be where our students started. But if that's where we start, that's where they were always at, you know, maybe hitting some threes periodically, at some point would they get frustrated or discouraged? Does that reinforce that idea that I'm just not any good or I'm dumb or, you know, I'll never get it? That if you're constantly not showing the ability to progress or at least, you know, progressing from one to a two, you know, is progression. But, you know, a one out of four is still a 25 percent. You know, a two out of five is still a 50 percent. That's still an F on a on the traditional, you know, 90, 80, 70, 60 scale. That was the first thing. It's like, OK, is this an accurate reflection of our students' abilities? Yes. But what is the outcome of that? So then we started like, well, wait a minute. Now, if we look at a standard, if we look at a standard and we try to unpack it and say, okay, here's all the things that that standard asks for, okay? For instance, you talk about uh, rhetorical devices. How does an author use rhetorical devices uh, to promote a particular purpose? Well, the standard starts with identifying the figurative language, identif- identifying you know how the and why that figurative language was used, analyze its use, and then critique its use. So if you think about that standard, you unpack it, the standard itself has a range of one through fours. That the people that, you know, the students that are at the at the bottom level that are really just starting to work on this, they're going to be in those ones. They're going to be on those identify, describe kind of skills. Whereas a student on the upper end, uh, the higher level, uh, honors level students, the ones that are taking, that are already proficient at a skill and are using it in new ways on a four level, you know, they're the ones that are going to start over there on that analyzing and critiquing. So then we're like, well, do we start by giving students work in this area and working them up? Do we, you know, start with giving them these questions and, and seeing where they are on that continuum, right? Um, <clears throat> but is that, a, is, that, what, is that fair to students to ask them a question that you know they're not going to get? Is it fair to the honors level students to be giving them those basic level questions that you assume they already know, but you do obviously have to test to see if they do know them, right? And, and so it really started to become kind of this, this discussion of how to approach the assessments, right? And, and what are we trying to really assess? What are we really trying to see with those numbers? I think the, the third thing then that really started to, and, and this is the thing that we have struggled and struggled and struggled with, and we've talked to people and we're still kind of working our way around it, is how to get those assessments, how to get those numbers. Um, in our PLC, and our PLC you know, has those three you know, levels of, of students, you know, the high, medium, the lows, honors all the way down to inclusion, special ed. Um, you know, if you create a, a assessment, the assumption that we had, we started with was that the assessment should be written for that middle group, that the regular track student, that is the target of this test. And those students that were, you know, below proficiency, that were still needing help or still needing accommodations, they would not meet those standards. 
and those students at the H level, they would be obviously exceeding that. But they wouldn't be, there wouldn't be questions based on that, or there would be like more of the test asked for them. And so it really became a, a question of how do we create these assessments? Do we create one assessment and try to see where they stand? Do we create one assessment with multiple levels? So like each standard had a one, a two, and a three, and a four level question. Or do we take one test and then rework it? So like the honors level, the higher level kids, they would get the test plus more, all right? Like another text, more questions, higher level questions, in addition to the regular. And then the the lower level students, they would get like the less questions, they'd be reworded, uh, maybe put some additional supports in place for them. And, and that was kind of the one that we think was the best approach, but then does that give us the most reliable data? Is a student who you know, needs that help to see, to, to meet those standards, needs those additional supports. They get it. They're going to test a little bit better, but is that really an accurate reflection of their abilities? Um, we know, uh, my co-teacher and I, we know that this is important. We know that we need to do this. We know that we need to be more standards-based. We, as a, as a uh, district, we're starting to move more that direction, uh, especially doing daily learning targets and daily learning checks. I know it's a process, uh, but it is a painful process and a process that really has not gone, you know, that it has has brought up a lot of other questions that need to be addressed, not just let's do standard-based grading, but how and why and what are we really trying to do with those scores. Um, we have been doing some research. We've been talking to a lot of people. We're going to continue doing that. And, you know, hey, if you've got some ideas, if you've got some experience with that and uh, you'd like to share that, we'd love to see that. Uh, we'd love to hear um, your comments. Thanks.